0: Welcome to the Big Leagues, Cody Bradford. Sorry it wasn't a more fun Major League debut. On today's show, we're talking about Cody Bradford making his Big League debut and the Rangers getting shelled by the Braves and why the Rangers desperately need Corey Seager to come back as soon as possible. All that more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank y'all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Today is Tuesday, May 16th. Your Rangers are 25-16, and 16, still alone atop the AOS, with just a three-game lead, though, over. Those pesky Houston Astros on today's show, we're going to get into Cody Bradford's major league debut, why it didn't go well and why it's it's one to just kind of brush off the shoulder. But before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Well, the Alito and Baylor kid made his major league debut on Monday night while the Stars were playing Game Seven. I'm sure maybe some more eyes were focused on that, and uh, if if they weren't at the start of this game, but by, by the middle of it, they probably tuned over to that hockey game—a 12 to nothing loss. For the Rangers, and it was it was pretty much every bit as brutal as, as the 12 to nothing would imply. There, there's not a whole lot of good 12 nothing losses, but congratulations to Cody Bradford. Kind of sounds ironic saying congratulations after an outing like that, but you know he's a big leaguer. No one can ever take that away from him, no matter how badly he got mashed by these Braves, and it it was kind of bad. Uh, fi- ended up with five innings, which is a good thing for him. Going five innings, the Rangers needed that. Six runs, all of them were earned a pair of home runs, including an absolutely monstrous Ronald Acuna Jr. Jack for two runs on a pitch that wasn't even in the strike zone. It wasn't a bad pitch. It was actually a good pitch that Ronald Acuna Jr. swung at and absolutely sent into another hemisphere. Like just 116 miles an hour off the bat, 454 feet. Welcome to the Big Leagues, kid. These guys are really, really good. The Rangers brought him up late, late on Sunday night. They announced that they were going to have him start this game. They were TBD starters until um, really late on Sunday night, and the Rangers are going to start Dane Dunning on the Tuesday game. It's going to be a bullpen game for Atlanta, who is down two starters. Max Fried is going to be out for a couple of months, and they're also missing another starter whose name I cannot think of at this current moment. But they had Charlie Morton on the hill in this one, and Charlie Morton was really, really good against the Rangers, keeping them off the board and you know keeping them chasing way out of the zone with his curveballs and unfortunately looking uh, really, really good. Kyle Wright is also out for – he's on the 60-day IL. He is their other starter who is out, and the Rangers will see Spencer Strider at the end of this series. They will not see Bryce Elder a Bryce who is my mortal enemy because he spells his name incorrectly with a Y like a fool how dare he um but the Rangers just could not get anything going offensively in this one they had hits they had 10 hits in this game but could not score anybody all of them were singles the Rangers went 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position with 11 guys left on base um and just nothing just nothing going in this one I mean that's it'll happen It'll happen. The Raiders just exploded for double-digit runs against the A's, and... Charlie Morton's a good pitcher. This Braves team is a good team, and they are a pissed-off Braves team. They were coming into this game on a four-game losing streak and a bunch of close losses getting swept on the road in Toronto. They were mad, and they really, really showed it. I was worried about Cody Bradford. The first big-league batter he faced would be Ronald Acuna Jr. He battled with him. He nearly got him called out on strikes, but ended up walking him. And I was like, all right, well, it was kind of all downhill from there. A couple of bombs led up by him, including one. To Kevin Pillar, which I was like, okay, if somebody's going to get you for your first big league bomb, if it's Ronald Kuebel Jr., all right, fine. If it's you know somebody else in this Braves lineup, like you know Sean Murphy or Austin Riley or Matt Olsen or even Ozzy Albie's, like it's like okay, it it happens. It's a really deep lineup, but man, Kevin Pillar. Going deep as your first one. I mean, he, he did get welcomed to the big leagues with that Ronald Acuna Jack, but still, it's kind of frustrating. Cole Reagans came in and some mop-up work, three innings, four runs allowed for him. All of them were earned pair of walks and a pair of home runs. And then in comes Sandy Leo, not the... I, I don't know if I would have picked him to be the Rangers' position player on the hill in the ninth. He also gave up a two-run jack to Marcel Ozuna that was absolutely destroyed. Um, but, you know, good enough work saving the bullpen. Only one reliever had to pitch. I'm going to get into Cole Reagan's later on in the show, why I think he's being misused in this role, and it's it's kind of frustrating to see him keep getting lit up in, in these situations that there's not really, there's not really much winning, um, much hope of winning. But the Rangers... Right now, brought in, brought in Cody Bradford just to make this spot start. The Rangers have been on the road, a long road trip, a 10-game road trip that was a winning effort, 7-3 and three on that road trip. The most wins they've had on a road trip since, I believe, 2016. It's been a long time since they have done that well on a road trip. I know three of those seven wins came against the A's, but they're still a major league club at this point. And uh, you got to beat who is in front of you, and the Rangers have done that. But this this rotation is is getting a little tired. Um, th- this is a rotation that has a lot of of elderly folks, not necessarily old, but on, on the older side for sure, and guys with some injury concerns. Not just Jacob DeGrom, who's probably going to be out. I'm assuming until you know the end of of May-ish, around June is when I'm expecting him to. To start coming back. Last week we got the two to three more weeks indication from Bruce Bochy, um, or at least last Wednesday. So it'll it'll be a little while. But I mean, even guys like Nathan Eovaldi, who's 33, Martín Perez is is pretty much a workhorse, and I feel confident about him. John Gray is just 31, but he's been in the big leagues for a while. And same with Andrew Heaney, he's 32 years old, and he's got a lot of injury concerns as well. And you look at three of those guys that are in the opening day starting rotation. You take out Martín Perez because I'm not worried about his durability. I have other concerns with Martin Perez, him getting lit up a little bit, him walking a few too many guys. That That is a little bit of my concern with Martin Perez. But the other ones, I was a little concerned about their health. And, you know, Nathan Eovaldi has that 28 and two-thirds scoreless inning streak going. He has gone at least eight innings in his last three starts. That's absolutely fantastic. He has done so efficiently. He's thrown 113 pitches in two of those starts, which is on the higher side. And, you know, those guys in Eovaldi, John Gray, Andrew Heaney, they all have injury concerns but so i think a six-man rotation at least for a little while while the rangers have you know these longer road trips, I think, giving them that extra day off and not pitching these guys too much on you know regular rest. I think that is something that they could have done a little bit better with Degrom as well. Maybe Dane, more of a Dane, more Dane Dunning spot starts when Degrom is back and healthy. Of just making this basically a six-man rotation, nobody has to pitch on four days rest to give them five days rest at least, and I think that's a smart move because of those three guys in the last five seasons. They have combined for four different times where one of them has pitched at least 150 innings. Those three guys four times in the last five seasons. Two of them were from John Gray, one from, uh, one from Nathan Eovaldi, and I believe, Do we even have one from, from Andrew Heaney? I don't believe that we did. Um, yeah, okay, we did have one. 180 innings one time from, uh, Andrew Heaney. So these guys, they do have their injury concerns. So I think protecting him with that six man rotation is, is probably a, a good thing to do. Probably a good thing to do for sure. I mean, if you lower it down to 149 innings, John Gray would have had three different times where he's pitched 149 innings or more. He had 149 in 2021, 150 in 2019. And, uh, in 2018 172 so he he's been more consistent of these guys but he's had a lot of times where he's just gone completely gotten really really hurt and missed a large chunks of seasons same with nathan eovaldi he only pitched 109 innings last year in 2020 well that was a shortened season so 48 innings was about a normal workload but you know 2019 he only threw 67 innings 111 in 2018 missed all of 2017. i mean you have to go all the way back before that you know, 182-inning season in 2021, you had to go all the way back to 2015 to see the last time that Nathan Eovaldi pitched 150 or more innings in the season. So Nathan Eovaldi has been good, but you really want to be a little extra careful giving him this extra day of rest, making him start on Wednesday as opposed to Tuesday, which would be the normal rest, and then giving a little bit extra rest on that Thursday day off for Andrew Heaney and John Gray and also Martin Perez, which is a good thing for this rotation coming up. We're hopefully going to see Corey Seager back in the lineup tonight, maybe on Wednesday. But the return is imminent, and the Rangers' offense could really, really use Corey Seager at any point, but especially it feels like right now. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. You know, if you're looking for last-minute tickets, you know, and you don't want. You know the highest prices. The Game Time app is the perfect app for you if you're one of those last-minute people. You you know don't want to wait months in advance and plan out all your outings and you know just spur of the moment say hey you know what I want to go to you know a, a Stars playoff game a, a Stars Western Conference Finals game. Shout out to Locked On Stars host Dane Dunning who's getting to cover a deep playoff run. Maybe maybe the Rangers will get to go on the deep playoff run themselves or they're pretty fun to watch right now you, know, you can forget forget all those months of planning in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event you can get these exclusive flash deals for tickets on football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more so download the game time app game time app create an account and use code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off download game time today Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, thank you all so much for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. On tomorrow's show, I'll be talking about hopefully a Corey Seager return and, and the Rangers needing to take advantage of a bullpen day from the Atlanta Braves and hopefully going off and evening up this series. Now. The Rangers take on the Braves Tuesday at 7.05 Central Time. Dane Nunning versus a bullpen game. You can catch every pitch with the Hometown Broadcast on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this Rangers offense really needs Corey Seager back. They have done fine with different guys filling in in that two-hole for Corey Seager. But, I mean, it's it's one of the most important spots in your lineup just behind the leadoff. I mean, it's the guy who's getting the second most at-bats. For your team, every game, you need your best guys at the top of the order. And the Rangers have had that the last, well, last year, they had that last year in, you know, Simeon, Seager, and then Lowe. And they've been without Seager for a while. And I kind of get the idea of, you know, leaving guys in their spot in the order and, you know, letting them build a little bit of consistency there. But when you keep throwing guys like Robbie Grossman and Travis Jankowski in there in the two hole, and they, they've done fine. They've they've done very well for what they've been asked to do. It's just eventually that is going to hurt you. The Rangers bats in the middle third of the order are kind of all drying up at the same time, kind of in a little bit of a cold spell. I know that Jonah Heim has still extended his hitting streak to, I believe it's at 14 games now, which is a career high. And the longest active hitting streak, but the peripherals around him the last 15 games have not been quite as good. He does still have still have two home runs in his last 15. You Look at the last seven. He's got zero home runs and zero walks to seven strikeouts, still hitting 321, but slugging under 400. The walk rate has gone down significantly in that middle third of the order with uh, Adolis Garcia, Josh Young, then Jonah Heim. You want to guess who has the highest walk rate? It's Adolis Garcia, which is both a very good thing for Adolis Garcia and a little bit of a surprising and worrying thing about Josh Young and Jonah Heim. Young has struggled to walk at the big league level at this point. Just in the 12th percentile of walk rate and in the 9th percentile of strikeout rate, swinging and missing and chasing a little bit more than I expected of him. He is a disciplined hitter, but he is getting taken advantage of a little bit. And, you know, in a downturn, these last 15 games, he does still have the three home runs, all of those coming at the beginning. So you you go a few more games in the sample size and look at the last 15. Those are going to kind of filter out. But he's hitting just 219 on base of 239 and slugging 391 two walks to 19 strikeouts in his last 64 at-bats. I know that doesn't include plate appearances with, with the two walks, but still not super great for Josh Young. I'm, I'm looking for him to just give him, give him a day off. Honestly, get, give him a day off against Spencer Strider. I say at the end of this series, give him the day off. Don't make him face off against Spencer Strider. It is a tough matchup for anybody. Hopefully, whoever is starting for this bullpen game for the Braves can be not great and All these guys can kind of get their mojo back. And Zika Durant's also been scuffling a little bit as of late his last seven games. He does have eight strikeouts in 28 at-bats and on base of just 300 and hitting just 250. The slugging is still 429. Look at his last 15. He's still hitting 295 in his last 15 with four home runs, Um, a real barrage for him there and on base of 328. That's fine, but it, it, moving him down a little bit further in the order might be might be a move that the Rangers consider when Robbie Grossman comes down further in the order. I mean, I'm curious of where they're going to put Robbie Grossman. I would assume it's going to be somewhere, you know, seventh or eighth. I don't think they're going to hit him above Jonah Heim. Jonah Heim has been doing incredible as as a whole, but again, some of those peripherals are down. And then you put you put him. But you put Robbie Grossman as your number 8 hitter, and Leody Tavares, who is, who's still doing pretty well. Honestly, offensively he's got a 763 OPS on base in just 1 point below 350, and slugging over 400. That is exactly what you are loving to see from Leody Tavares. A .8 war so far on the season. ninth best on the team, and you know I am really liking what I am seeing from Leoti, but he is your number nine hitter for a reason. If he is your really good number nine hitter, then that shows the depth of this lineup. But I mean, it, it just can't be every. It can't be just Marcus Simeon. For the last few games, it's kind of felt like it's been just guys in the top four of this order coming up. I mean, you've seen the occasional big at bat from Joan Hyman in in that eight run. Uh, eighth inning on Sunday it was a bit of everybody chipping in just at the right time but for the most part in in that Oakland series the Rangers should have unloaded a lot more than they did on that that bad bad pitching staff they just didn't really go to town like I thought they would but Marcus Simeon has been absolutely crushing it at the top of this lineup an 861 OPS seven home runs nine doubles hitting 297 with an on base of 382 that is what you want from your from your leadoff guy I had some concerns about him being the leadoff guy last year because he doesn't have traditionally a really great walk rate but he is walking much better than he has in his career Nathaniel Lowe his overall numbers aren't you know, incredibly impressive right now, a 780 OPS, but he is still in the baseball. He is still walking at a better rate than he did last year. That is one thing that I wanted him to improve on this year. and Get that walk rate back up. It was at elite levels in 2021. Then in 2022, started showing off a lot more power. That was great. That's what he needed. And then kind of balancing those two, I think, is the next step for him. Everything is in, in the red, except for um, arm strength on his baseball savant profile. I mean, the expected Woba, expected batting average, expected slugging, walk rate, even outs above average, he's still in the 98th percentile, which I don't really buy of him being that elite of a defender at first base, Um, Well, the arm strength is at the 44th percentile, but he's a first baseman, he's not really throwing the ball much of anywhere, but I think those numbers are going to start to pick up, I mean, he just had his hit streak snapped, so that wasn't great for him, he was one of the few Rangers that didn't get on the hit column at all, Did reach base on a walk, but three strikeouts, 0 for 3. Not a great day for Nathaniel Lowe. I think he's going to pick it back up, and he is going to have a torrid month of June. Maybe even it'll it'll start a little bit. At the end of this month of May, the Rangers could really use him getting going. And having Corey Seager just will give these guys better pitches to hit. I think that Nathaniel Lowe will have to get better pitches to hit. And, I mean, the other guys in the middle third of this lineup will start getting better pitches to hit. Because there won't be anybody in this lineup that you can really pitch around. I mean, Josh Young is the coldest bat in this lineup. And he's still a really, really good hitter. I mean, this is a really deep team. And adding a guy back with an OPS over a thousand to start this year, I mean, Corey Seager. Kind of forget how hot he was to start this year. He was hitting so far on the season. It was only eleven games, but he's hitting three fifty nine with an on base of four sixty nine and slugging. 538, a 1008 OPS, just the one home run, but you could see that power was starting to come. Four doubles. One of those should have been triple, and he should be healthy and should not have missed a month. Um, if in my perfect world, but also in my perfect world, Jacob Grom would not have missed any time either, and the Rangers would not have dealt with any adversity. But this is some adversity they're dealing with. Getting him back is going to be big for this lineup. And then, honestly, with how good the rest of this lineup is doing, with When Mitch Garver comes back, I don't don't really know how they're going to assemble everything. I mean, there's no reason Robbie Grossman should be just dropped out of the lineup completely. Um, But you add a bat like Mitch Garver back, which he's going to be starting rehab uh, in about a week i think was was what the update that we got around the 22nd or the 23rd is when uh, Mitch Garver is going to start rehab from that injury and so we'll we'll see when we end up getting him back in the lineup but Josh Smith has also been picking it up as of late he's hitting got the batting average over to over 200 finally that was a struggle to start the season his on base is at 3.81 which is exactly what you're wanting from Josh Smith and the slugging is just under 3.50 which is which is an improvement for him getting a couple of big home runs and just honestly mashed big boy power good to see that from Josh Smith to the point where when he was DHing in last night's lineup I really I thought, you know what? That's fine. He'd get his bat in there. It's it's doing well as of late. And I probably would have rather seen him in the field as opposed to in left field as opposed to Robbie Grossman. But, you know, that is a argument for a different day. Coming up, we're going to talk about Cole Reagans, why I'm frustrated with him being put in a bad situation where I don't think there is a whole lot of winning um, for him. But first, this word from our sponsors. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On Thursday's show, I'll be talking about what we learned about the Rangers in this series, which is definitely the best team that they have played so far. The Rangers take on the Braves Wednesday at 7.05 Central Time. Nathan Iavali versus Spencer Strider. You can catch every pitch with the Hometown Broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. That's going to be a really good game to watch, and I'm very much looking forward to it. But what I'm not looking forward to at the moment is when... Cole Reagan is being put into games. This is this is not a great role for Cole Reagan's. He has not thrived in it like Dane Dunning has. Dunning did spend some time in the bullpen at Florida. There was a really, really stacked rotation when he was there. So he had some experience being kind of a, a long relief guy, being a guy whose you know, stuff is is not necessarily overpowering. He's just going to come in and mop up some innings and, and do a good job of that. And then he made his way back into the starting rotation because he did such a good job in that role and has just been much more effective this year. And, and Reagan's was the story of camp. He was the most important thing that happened for the Rangers in spring training it was him just, randomly throwing 96 97 even touching triple digits that was not something that Cole Reagan's had done before he worked a lot on his body worked on you know being more flexible and and you know a bunch of different stuff in the offseason that wasn't necessarily just get stronger and to throw harder it's just to be more repeatable in his mechanics and his delivery and he did that and it really really showed you know adding that velocity on the fastball that already had a really really great spin rate was supposed to lead to a lot more swings and misses and um for the most part it has he's in the 52nd percentile of strikeout rate you know it does still have a big problem with the walks in the 15th percentile there not getting a whole lot of guys to chase in the 20th percentile there um but in the 64th percentile of swing and miss rate. So he is getting a lot more swings and misses, and the fastball playing up was supposed to improve how his changeup played off of that, which was his best pitch maybe his fastball is his best pitch now but but coming up he had a really really nasty changeup, and still does and it's very effective with that fastball being even faster but him in this mop-up relief role is is not a great use of his talents if if it weren't for the rangers having you know five solid starting pitchers well will six to start the season before the jaco to rizzi injury then and, and i think that cole reagan's would have broken camp as a starting pitcher and That's what he's been doing for his entire life. He did not go to college. He had two years, um, I think it was three years actually, where he did not pitch in the minor leagues because of back-to-back Tommy John surgeries. He has not pitched as a reliever really at all in his career. So this is kind of an unfamiliar role for him. So far, he's got a 623 ERA in 11 games, 17 and a third innings, 10 walks to 18 strikeouts. Those two home runs that he gave up in this one were the first home runs that he's given up this year. But I just don't think that him in this role is is the best use of his talents. I mean, he's got elite stuff, and you know some of the most elite stuff in that Rangers bullpen. Some of the best velocity in that Rangers bullpen. And I think that using him in a mop-up role is is just not a good use of his talents. Either send him back down to AAA, get him to work on being a starter, get him to work on that walk rate, and then either you you know trade him because he has a lot of value there, or you send him down to AAA and just Talento will still work on that walk rate and you know, be an absolute demon out of the pen, out of the left side, throwing maybe even harder. If he's just throwing for, you know, one or two innings, be that high leverage relief guy. Cause the stuff is there to be a high leverage relief guy. He doesn't have experience doing that. He could get a little bit more of that in, you know, less important high leverage situations in AAA where the Rangers playoff chances aren't affected by just throwing him out there and, and seeing how he learns from it. Um, and I think that would be a better use of his talents. But this is kind of splitting the difference. And I think you're getting the worst out of him in this role. The Rangers pen is in desperate need of one one or more guys, probably multiple guys, with some of that nasty, nasty stuff that can get swings and misses that have just a blazing fastball with a lot of ride on it and a lot of movement and a lot of velocity. Cole Reagans has that. He's also got a nasty off speed pitch in that changeup where if he's just, you know, changeup fastball then i think that's a a really good use of his talents he's still using that cutter a little bit this year and, and the curveball he could be a four pitch he is a four pitch guy out of pen and you know that's that's fine he is missing barrels he's in the 67th percentile of barrel rate you know the top 60 38 uh, percent of uh expected slugging percentage but you know it's just, it's not working out. He's getting, it feels like a little bit unlucky. His extension is, is not super great for a guy that's four. The spin rate's good. Fastball velo's good. It's just, I don't love using this guy who had such a huge breakout this spring. And he's getting relegated to, you know, meaningless innings. It's just not a good use of his talents. He'll pitch, you know, once every four days or five days, or then he'll come in in a big situation. He hasn't pitched in, you know, however many days. And it's like, okay, well, he's, he's rested, but he's also rusty. So he needs to get more innings. He needs to pitch more often. And the Rangers need to utilize his talents because so far they haven't, and they can't afford to, you know, waste what Cole Reagans has become. He's become a really good pitcher. But his outings aren't really showing that because he is coming in in such a new role for him. It is such an unfamiliar role. And he's not able to get these learn-on-the-job innings, these outings, in high leverage situations, just come in for an inning. The Rangers have done that a couple times, and he's kind of blown it open because he's he's not used to that. But I think that sending him down, while it would be a, a little bit of a bummer, for him because he has earned the right to be a big leaguer. He has earned his spot on this roster. I think that, you know, sending him down and either converting him back to being a starter or, you know, letting him work on being a dominant fireballing one inning reliever, because that might end up being where he is best utilized for the long term. I mean, the Rangers have, uh, you know, a need to develop young starting pitching. And I think that Cole Reagan's ceiling is definitely higher than Dane Dunning's. So that if, you know, he goes down there and he does well as a starter, I think his ceiling is definitely higher than Cody Bradford's because the stuff is better. Um, And I like Cody Bradford and, and just because he got shellacked by the Braves, which again can happen to literally anybody. I don't think that that um, Bradford shouldn't have been up, but I think that Reagan's ceiling is higher. And you know, there's a lot of question marks on the starting pitcher pitching prospects in the minors so far. I mean, Leiter's had a couple of good back-to-back outings, which is really nice. Rocker is a little bit older at high, a and, you know, dominating for the most part. Owen White always feels like has some mysterious injury um but if you can develop you need one of those guys and if Reagan's joins that group I'm not even going to talk about Cole Wind cuz how frustrated I am and confused I am by what he's become but I think Cole Reagan's might end up being the you know most likely to be a competent starting pitcher in the big leagues of that group he is already so close to being there and I think that you're setting him back and kind of wasting the Rangers are kind of wasting this you know breakout for him by relegating him to this unfamiliar role that is not providing a whole lot of value for the Rangers and, I think, hurting him and the Rangers. So hopefully the Rangers can kind of figure that out or just get him more opportunities. Honestly, just get him more opportunities. Let him go out there and pitch because the rest of your bullpen isn't super great, doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence. We're starting to see that Brock Burke may not be as good as he was last year. I think he still can be, maybe not quite that good. The strikeout rates are down for him, um, and he's giving up a little bit more hard contact. Jonathan Hernandez has had a couple of bad outings. Jose LeClerc is feels like an absolute broken mess at this point. Will Smith is is one of the only guys that I really trust back there in the back end of the pen. and you know, Josh Spores is, I don't know. Josh Spores is, is, I don't know, is the best way to describe Josh Spores over the last few years. I think he's getting better, and I think they're going to start trusting him in more high leverage spots, but you can always use a guy who can go out there and pump maybe triple digits from the left side with a nasty changeup that could, you know, get a lot of righties out and face off against righties and lefties, Um, but it, this role right now, it's not working. It is time to make a change. And the Rangers can't really afford to delay much longer on that. Otherwise, I don't know. It's it's going to be an absolute bummer for Cole Reagans if, if all of that breakout from the spring ends up amounting to him throwing these low leverage situations and getting shellacked once every five or six days but that's going to do it for today's show on tomorrow's show like i said i'll be back hopefully talking about the rangers taking advantage of this bullpen day from atlanta and another solid dane dunning start but thank y'all so much for listening and until next time don't forget to enjoy first place texas rangers baseball